Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, yo,
these cause me to hear thy little kindness in the morning. For in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way within I shall walk. For I lift up my soul excuse me, unto thee. That was one hundred and forty three division of Psalms verse eight. One scripture of the day, the word of God for the, the word of God, for the people of God. Good morning to you yours.
you glory, to give you glory, is my only goal. My purpose is to give you glory, oh my Lord. Shake my soul, hold my, hold my mind, hold my heart, oh God. Oh, in my soul, in my mind, in my heart, I'll give you glory. Walked 
love for us. We thank you. Can we go out with deeper grace? We thank you in Jesus' name. See you at the top of the hour. This is one inspiration. The demons that we deal with in our everyday lives are those destructive spirits that move us away from our hearts and desires. They interfere with what God wants and what we want for our lives. They try to steer us different directions. And so I ask, what are your demons? That's Reverend Dennis Patterson, and today he brings you a challenging message of faith and hope. I'm Peter Wallace. This is Day One. Welcome to Day One, the weekly program that brings you outstanding preachers from America's mainline Protestant churches, sharing insight and inspiration for God's Word for your life. Now to introduce this week's preacher, here's our host, Peter Wallace. Thank you, Sherry. We're pleased to welcome today one today, the Reverend Dennis Patterson, Jr., priest for Christian Education and Parish Life at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Before coming to St. Luke's in 2012, he served as rector of St. Cyprian's Episcopal Church in Hampton, Virginia, campus minister at Grace Episcopal Church in Norfolk, and assistant pastor at Centerville Chapel AME Church in Chesapeake. He is a graduate of Norfolk State University and earned his Master of Divinity degree from Union Theological Seminary in New York. Dennis holds a postgraduate diploma in Anglican Studies from Virginia Theological Seminary and completed the American Studies program at St. Edmunds Hall in Oxford, England. Dennis, welcome to Day One. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You served at St. Luke's in Atlanta for four years now. Describe the church for us. It's people and its ministries. Uh, St. Luke's is a large downtown parish. Um, it is made up of a variety of different kinds of people, if you will. There are straight, there are gay, there are black, there are white, um, and everything in between. Um, I think one of the uh, great parts about St. Luke's is first Sunday looking out into the congregation and seeing the diversity different kinds of people um, there. So being in the in the heart of downtown, um, there is a large ministry that we have uh, towards the homeless. Um, and so a lot of the ministries of the city have begun at St. Luke's. Uh, we have Crossroads, which does a lot of work with homeless, and it allows uh, women, children, and men to really... really step back into society and assist them in, in making their way to become working citizens. We also have TAC, which is Counseling Center, providing um, services uh, in counseling as well as training students um, to become counselors. And what is your role on the staff involved? I am the priest for Christian education and parish life. My 
primary focus is adult Christian education. And so I'm responsible for bringing uh, all education or coordinating all education for Sunday mornings. So approaches to Christian education seem to be going through a major evolution in our churches today. Why would you say formation is important in the life of a church, and where do you see it heading? You're right. I mean, I think that it is taking a lot of changes, and I think important it helps the church to remain relevant. I think as Christians, we need to first know who we are. And so Christian education allows us to wrestle with that and answer those difficult questions. But also it allows us to understand who we are as Christians and our relationship to the world. Um, and I think it's very important that the church uh, be in contact with the community that it is a part of. Um, one of the larger classes that we have at St. Luke's is what we term or call the Sunday paper. And it is basically where culture meets Christianity, where we talk about the popular topics of the day and understand them or try to understand them through our Christian lens. As far as where it's going, I think that's an interesting question because I always say that one of the greatest things that happened to Christians is that Jesus died for our sins. And then one of the challenges things that happen to Christians is that Jesus died for our sins. The second meaning that we don't have an example to how Jesus would have transitioned into today's time. Mm -hmm. And that is our struggle and that is our challenge. Jesus' teachings used the very popular culture of the day. He was talking to farmers and so he used examples of farming and so Christian education needs to uh, adapt and use popular culture in its understanding of their relationship to God you are a gifted preacher and you obviously love claiming the word of God how is preaching still a relevant pursuit in this changing culture yeah preaching is is very relevant in this culture I think especially when we talk about the Episcopal Church, um, in any season of the calendar year, there's very little that changes. But what does change from Sunday to Sunday is the preached word. Um, people come to the church, and you have an opportunity each week to tell them about God, to uh, speak to their week, whether it's good or bad, and to encourage them and to know that there's a God uh, that loves them. And I think is um, that is where preaching will never lose its power, because it has the ability to take someone who had a, a God-awful week and to give them strength, encouragement to uh, deal with it, the encouragement to uh, face next week. Dennis, how did you experience your calling ministry? Well, it was not a domestic experience. Uh, for some time, I was in the AME church, and, you know, there was this thing inside me that I wanted to know more. There was a voice, and I began to ask tons and tons of questions about God. I wanted to understand more about it, and I um, talked to my then pastor, 
and he encouraged me and gave me some resources to help me explore. Um, and finally, I just decided I had so many questions that I said, you know, I want this and I want to go to the seminary. So, at that time, the pastor that I was um, under, he was not seminary trained mm -hmm. at the time, and so he wasn't very familiar with the seminaries. And so I looked to uh, those people who I did in the community, the schools that they went to, and so there was King, was Calvin, but. New York, and I looked at their resume to see what schools they went to, and that helped me to really um, decide on which direction I wanted to go. I ended up at Union Theological Seminary in New York, which was an eye-opening experience uh, for me. Uh, Union is a school that welcomes all kinds of voices from various, various. backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so I was exposed to just a number of different voices, voices that I would not have been exposed to um, earlier. Mm -hmm. Well, Dennis, your sermon today is based on Luke chapter 8, verses 26 to 39, the story of the demon possessed and in the country of the Gerasenes. Would you read it for us? Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus? Son of the Most High God, I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wild. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons for many had de entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding. And the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. Those who had seen Those. it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Been healed. Then all of the people surrounding the country of Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, 
return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. Dennis, your sermon is entitled, A Meeting on the Shore, The Transforming Power of Showing Up. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. time ago, a wise person told me to be careful how you treat people, because you never know the things that they are going through. This advice has stuck with me throughout my years, and I've done my best to live into them daily. All people, regardless of race, class, or situation, deserve to be treated as children of God and nothing less. If we are not extremely careful, before we get to hear a person's story, we can categorize and ostracize people that are different from us. It is, admittedly, easy to write someone off as bad or crazy or not with it. It's easy to say that they don't care, which makes it easy for us not to care about them. That being said, I believe very strongly that at the core, human beings are good. That ultimately we want what's best for ourselves and others. Somewhere along the line, however, we are conditioned to act otherwise. At some point, we learn to take care of ourselves instead of community. We learn to ignore the needs of others. And we learn to separate ourselves from what God expects of us. In today's gospel, Jesus models and gives us a refresher course on our responsibilities to people that are in need. We are told in scripture that Jesus has barely set foot on shore, and a man possessed with demons greets him. This man is described as a man that... For a long time, he wore no clothes, and that he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. He is alive, but in truth, very much a dead man walking. No place to call home. No clothes to cover his back. A stranger in his own land. Unfortunately, and far too often, this is the story of so many of our poor and homeless brothers and sisters throughout our nation and the world, invisible, mentally ill, and left to fend for themselves. There is, however, some evidence of life in him, a flickering light though it may be, and that is the fact that he mustered up enough energy to show up and meet Jesus. Maybe he's heard of what Jesus has done. Whatever the case, the man decided that it was important enough to show up. If you remember, he's unlike the man in the fifth chapter of the Gospel of John at the pool of Bethesda, 
plagued with what Reverend James Forbes calls the spirit of victimization. And for 38 years, that man at that pool laid there, feeling sorry for himself. But unlike him, this man that greeted Jesus went after what he wanted. It sounds so simple, but it's so important. If the question is ever asked, how do you overcome obstacles or survive in this world, begin your answer with showing up. It's been said that 80% of life is showing up. Fortitude cannot be tested if you're not there. Victory does not come to those who are absent. Trials cannot be overcome if you run from them. You must, at the very least, find the strength and courage to show up. There is promise and power in being present. In the same way, the man that has been possessed by demons doesn't wait until he gets better. He doesn't wait until he's in a better state of mind. He doesn't try to clean himself up to increase his presentation. He shows up as he is. Don't miss that. There is a tendency that we have sometimes to put our best foot forward, to present ourselves to the world and to others as if everything is okay. Using this approach, we fool ourselves and ultimately block our ability for God to do a mighty work in us. Come unto me, the scripture says, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. In his lowly state, this possessed man gives us a jewel. Furthermore, I believe that there is something to be learned from a person that is down and out and has nowhere to turn but toward God. They have nothing to hold on to, no reputation to protect, no constituencies to please, only the desire to be in relationship with God. My guess is that at this point in his life, he does not have the energy nor the time to be anything but genuine and true. And probably he gave up a long time ago trying to be anything else. He doesn't present himself as one who is asking for assistance, which makes sense. Because being polite while useful is not necessarily synonymous with asking for help. Forcefully and bluntly, he says to Jesus, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I beg you, do not torment me. Jesus, seemingly unbothered by his tone, brushes it off and appears to take his rough talk as a cry or plea for help. What is your name, he asks. Legion, the man responds, a name which publicly acknowledges his battle with demons. In order to be healed, he had to name it. 
king. And in naming it, he freed himself from the shackles of stigma and in that moment gave himself completely and totally to the one that heals. In today's society, we cringe at the mention of demons. We immediately think about the movies that we've seen on TV. Usually those make-believe depictions that make it hard for people to relate. What would happen if we referred to demons as evil spirits? Would that somehow free us from our disbelief and allow our imaginations to run free? Could we relate then? The demons that we deal with in our everyday lives are those destructive spirits that move us away from our heart's desires. They interfere with what God wants and what we want for our lives. They try to steer us in a different direction. And so I ask, those listening to my voice, what are your demons? What are the evil spirits that take you further and further away from your heart's desire? Is it fear? Is it arrogance? Maybe stubbornness. Is it addiction? Name them. What interferes with your relationship with God? Is it selfishness? Dishonesty? Low self-esteem? Name them. Put another way, what causes you so much pain and torment and anger? That you yell out of yes. desperation, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High? I beg you not to torment. Put a name to it and lay that burden down. Imagine for a moment that Jesus is making his way toward your shore. He carries with him the potential to heal the demons that you struggle with. You have nothing to lose and so much to gain. With this visit, it's possible that he will lighten the load that you carry, dispose of the baggage that you've been toting around, and provide the clarity that you've been seeking, if you would just ask. He will be here shortly. Take a chance, show up, and meet him there. Let us pray. If your body suffers pain, and your health you can't regain, and your soul is almost sinking in despair, Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Amen. The Reverend Dennis Patterson, Jr. was our preacher for today. Dennis is the Associate Priest for Parish Life and Christian Education at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Atlanta, Georgia. 
For a free transcript of this message, a meeting on the shore, the show power up. showing up, call us toll-free at 1-888-411-DAY1. That's 888-411-3291. Or write to us at Day 1, 2715 Peachtree Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. Please keep in mind that Day One depends on the financial offerings of our faithful listeners. We're grateful for your support. I'm Sherry Miller. Next week on Day One, we're delighted to welcome the Reverend Dr. Tony Sundermeyer, Senior Pastor of First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta, Georgia. His sermon is entitled Urgency and Focus. You won't want to miss it. Dennis, you said a wise person once told you to be careful how you treat people because you never know the never. things they are going through. All people, regardless of their race or class or situation, deserve to be treated as children of God and nothing less. That's good advice, and obviously Jesus demonstrates it as he deals with this demoniac in Luke chapter 8. But how do we reset our expectations so we can open ourselves up to accepting others no matter what? Well, I think it all began with relationship. I mentioned before that I was um, in New York for a time, and one of the things that impressed me about New York as it relates to relationships was that everyone rode the train. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter if you were uh, white or black. It didn't matter if you were rich or poor. Definitely there were homeless people on the train, but you were forced into this space, Mm -hmm. and you had to interact with someone who was different from you. And I think that's the key to um, recognizing the God in all people, is that you form relationships, you put yourself in places that you wouldn't normally be, and form relationships with those people. Have conversations and get to know them. I think that is the key uh, to treating people as you would want to be treated to be, or to treat people as God would want you to. You said if the question is question. Asked, how do you overcome obstacles or survive in this world, begin your answer showing up. At the very least, we need to find courage to show up, to be present. It's so easy to avoid doing that. What can happen when we do show up in the face of life's obstacles? I think what can happen is that we are able to see our once we're able to admit that we do need God, that we do need help, we are able to work through ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are able to um, overcome weaknesses. We are able to find strength in God to to make it through. Mm -hmm. You asked us to consider what are the demons, the evil spirits that take us away from our desire. could be fear or arrogance or stubbornness or addiction. You encouraged us to name those evil spirits, to acknowledge them. So what does that enable God to do? do Well, when we name it, 
then we can deal with it. Mm. But it's not until we name it and accept it for ourselves, yes, I am struggling, Mm. that we're able to overcome it. So, you know, I would would encourage us, again, to realize the mess Mm. that we have, the struggle, the shortcoming. And then we can begin to work on that, but it has to be out in the open. We can't run and hide from it. We have to deal with it head on. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to retreat in those moments. And God wants God. to deal with it because then we can partner with God knowing that we are protected. Mm-hmm. Dennis Patterson, Dennis. thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Day One is the voice of America's mainline Protestant churches. Visit us online at dayone.org. Our program is recorded and edited by Donald Jones and produced by Peter Wallace. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sherry Miller wishing you all God's blessings on day one and forever.
churchgoers looking for the little morning inspiration? Well, listen to Morning Inspiration and the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Without God's word, you're just guessing your way through life. We guess when we compare ourselves with each other, then constantly adjust our values to fit the culture. But before we realize it, we're a crooked, mismatched mess, stumbling around in the dark. The psalmist said to God in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. God's word tells us what is right and what is wrong, what's pleasing to God and what is not, what is wise and what's foolish. Without it, we're just stumbling from one generation to another. Listen to me. Make God's word your schoolmaster. Allow the truth of Scripture to teach you God's wisdom and God's way. Then stop the guessing. Follow God's directions. They work. This is Ann Graham Lott. Hi, I'm Johnny Archantata. I broke my neck many years ago with friends from high school who had heard about my accident and, well, they just wanted to visit and hang out with me in the hospital. Theirs was a noble gesture, but I would just sit there ignoring them. And eventually, a lot of these friends stopped coming around, and who could blame them? Sometimes we act that way with God. We almost want to push to see just how far his love will really go. But God is not like a friend who, when ignored, gives up on us. True, the Lord may discipline us for our careless and rebellious behavior. But in Isaiah chapter 49, he says, quote, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Oh, friend, God will never give up on you. So, please. Do not give up on him. Give up. Give up. Racism. The solution's actually simple. Answers. Yeah. Ken Ham, whose ministry is building a full-size Noah's Ark south of Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. Many people have tried to solve the problem of racism, but without success. But the remedy is actually rather easy. If people in every culture simply accepted the history of the world according to the Bible and built their thinking on God's word, then racism would virtually disappear. But because we live in a world where the majority of people reject the Bible, then the racism problem is not going to be solved. Christians everywhere should be shouting from the hilltop that the Bible teaches that all people are of one blood, one race of people. They are different races. Today's various people groups came about as a result of God giving different languages at the time of the Tower of Babel. This would have caused different peoples to go in different directions, thus developing into various groups. Genesis also tells us that all people have a sin problem. They need to trust Christ and conform their thinking to his teaching. If everyone accepted this, there'd be no racism. One great resource to help you understand this question of the origin of humans is our new pocket guide. In 96 pages, we'll answer your questions about the origin of humans and the so-called ape myth. For your donation of any size, we'll mail it to you. Call toll-free 1-888-89-ANSWERS or go to our website at AnswersOffer.org. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His credits are too long to list. He has done the impossible time after time. He has, out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy 
that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine, no special effects, no camera tricks. He has a headshot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings.
this radio spot this radio spot life, it would start pretty much like this. But then, right around here, her life would take a bad turn with her mother abusing her. mother about this Nikki would drop out of high school and run away. Yeah, she'd be forced to work two jobs struggling to support herself. And her daughter. She'd feel stuck. 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 But then, she'd decide to earn her GED diploma. She'd take my prep classes. Study every night and feel unstuck. Because she finally hears someone say, Nikki Baker, come up and get your GED diploma. This radio spot for Nikki Baker's life, the ending wouldn't be the ending at all. It would be the beginning of a brighter future. For free info about GED test prep classes, call 1-877-38-YOUR-GED or visit yourged.org. GED is a registered trademark of the American Council on Education. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It thinks about the same topic. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one and the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly automatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. The United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Communities improve. The path to success starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader. Be a or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Council. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.